Hello, and welcome to Mornings with Joel, commercial real estate podcast, where we focus on rising stars and established players in commercial real estate and talk to them about how they are building legacies in today's marketplace. I would like to welcome everyone to this week's Mornings with Joel CRE podcast. We're really excited to have Lynn Smith here, an old friend of mine that I've known for many, many years, and good to finally see her and catch up with her again and, and have her here on the show. So this is very exciting. Uh, she's doing some outstanding work here at the Atlanta airport. And and uh, Lynn, um, you know, rumor has it, you're head of real estate. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am in my uh, 10th year at Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta International Airport. Okay. Yeah. How you say the entire name? Just but there's been ups and downs. We're coming out of COVID really strong. It's very busy. If anybody has, you know, come by and traveled oh, yeah. last month or so. So I'm happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. So I know you don't just just didn't wake up one day and, and have such a prestigious position. So if you don't mind, give us a little background, you know, where you grew up. You know, you don't have to obviously tell me all the childhood details, but just a little bit about your background and how you wound up being able to progress to uh, where you're at today. How did that all come about? I'm originally from Chicago, born and raised okay. in Chicago. And decided to move me and my family here to Atlanta. And my background is marketing, PR, promotions. And that's what I did in Chicago. And when I came here, a job called me here to come work here. And once I got here, I got involved with Project REAP. And REAP allowed me to learn quite a bit about commercial real estate. And once taking that course in 2003, 2003, I continued on. I got involved with CCIM, ULI, Coordinate Global, NAIA, Reese, another, you know, just powerhouse entity for minorities to get involved with. And I just continued And then from there, I created Global Diversity Summit and just been growing ever since. I My first job or footprint in the commercial real estate industry was with Cushman and Wakefield. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was there for eight years. And now today I'm at the airport. Okay. All right. So quite a run. Quite a run. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. pretty impressive. And um, you've seen... Obviously, Atlanta's airport grow. When did you actually start at the airport here? What year was that? 2013. 2013. Okay. All right. So, wow. Yeah. So, it's been uh, almost 10 years. Yeah. 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 August August the 1st was my 10th year. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. So, that's that's really exciting. So, you know, one thing that that we always try to talk about here is, is diversity in, in real estate. And, um, you know, we try to certainly look to individuals that have been able to do some impressive things in real estate, you know, especially for the next generation and others that are trying to grow. And uh, one thing that you just mentioned that I thought was interesting is you mentioned all these clubs and organizations that you've been part of. Why, why so many, why do you feel that that was important or do you feel that it's added to uh, where you are today? I believe it's 
extremely critical to be a part of these organizations, especially if you want to grow and grow strong and enhance your knowledge in this industry. It's it's not good enough just to know the basics. It's not good enough just to, you know, work on the peripheral of, of this industry because there's a lot of intricate details that you should be aware of, that you should be able to negotiate. And uh, the transaction, if you want to get on that level within the commercial side, you really have to know your stuff. And as well, the networking aspect of it, I think, is important because you're not going to just do deals with people like you. You're going to stretch out if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do deals uh, outside of the state of Georgia, you have to know different laws, real estate laws in other locations. So going to conferences, meeting people, getting involved with you know organizations as far as uh, membership. I'm involved with crew, just a number of things. And all of that, all of that helps you in your journey and helps you to you know, work with the bigger people to do yeah. deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you brought up actually two key points there. First of all, with minorities making up such a small percentage of the people in commercial real estate, you're going to be working with people of other races and diversities. There's no Absolutely. way around it. Yeah. So, you got to be visible and, and you got to be able to sit at the table with them and be able to negotiate with them because people will try you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially when there's big money involved, you know, from that Absolutely. Standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they definitely yeah. There's, there's a big difference with commercial real estate versus residential. Residential, you might get that one hit, your brokerage fee that one time, but commercial, you get your fee over the lifetime of the deal, depending on how you structure the deal. Right. So it's critical that you know what you doing or talking about, or at least have somebody by your side that can help you through it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's really interesting because it's, it's really cheaper than a college education, if you will, but, and, and more valuable because it's specific to what you're doing, you know, as a, as a career, as opposed to, um, you know, sitting in a classroom, you're actually there discussing the nitty gritty and getting things done. So thanks for sharing that. So at the airport now, what, what exactly do you do? So, you know, we, we use these fancy titles, but what does that mean on a day-to-day basis? Well, my, my primary role is director of real estate and development. And I do other stuff besides that, but primarily I work outside the fence on the land that the airport owns outside the fence. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I manage over 20,000 acres of vacant land. Wow. And I manage the current buildings that we have tenants in. I manage the hotels that we have, the fueling stations or gas stations that we have, office buildings, as well as the vacant land. My role is to maximize revenue. Mm-hmm. as well as possible is just to generate revenue and what is called uh, non-aeronautical revenue because it's outside the fence. 
I also work with all the construction, you know, different things that you see going on inside the fence, but that's not my main focus. I also work with the concessionaires that come in, but Mm -hmm. that's, you know, kind of secondary as well. But in that area of down by the airport, I have to work with five different jurisdictions. Mm. Uh, So again, you have to know the laws and policies of, you know, I work with City of College Park, uh, Hapeville, with Clayton County, Fulton County. So a number of different entities and you have to work on their level they have various rights, different from me as with City of Atlanta. The City of Atlanta, by the way, if anybody didn't know, owns the airport. And you have to know who you're working with. And these are your stakeholders. It's important for them for whatever you bring to the table because, you know, they're trying to maximize their revenue via taxes. Mm-hmm. So when you bring a new development or a business, you have to be able to prove to them that it's for the, you know, betterment of their community. Mm -hmm. And of course, they want to know if you're bringing jobs to the area. So again, it's, it's very critical to work with your stakeholders and everybody to uh, come together with whatever the vision is and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. I I didn't know there was so much land that the uh, airport actually owns. That's a lot of land, 20,000 acres. It is. And all of it is not around the airport. Back in the 70s, the airport bought, purchased 10,000 acres in Dawsonville, Georgia. Oh, okay. They were considering a second airport. They also bought over 9,000 acres in Paulding County. Mm -hmm. So we still have to manage whatever activities that take place, any kind of, you know, licensing agreement, any kind of timber sales from the Boy Scouts to horse (laughs) riding, revenue is coming in. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that sounds like a lot. So, you know, no wonder your heart's so hard to catch half the time. I can't even catch up with you. So, you know, but but it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. because most people don't think of an airport managing things like that. But, you know, there are conferences just for timber sales mm-hmm. um, and how to negotiate them. And even if you're around the airport, if we're transacting with the development to come in. And there, and it's full of trees. We're not going to just give it to them because they're gonna, they're gonna go and they're gonna take the trees and they're gonna sell them and put the money in their pocket. So you have to know how to structure the whole deal. And yes, Elise, Dawsonville is growing. If you drive up there, it's number one premium outlet mall. But there is so much development going straight up four hundred, and you run right into our property that's up there and it still bears in the forest of Dawson forest. So this is a lot of interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very interesting, you know, so let, let's talk about that a a little bit deeper because, um, you know, the Atlanta business Chronicle back, um, 
let's see, July 16th issue talked about how the South Side was starting to develop his new offices and other things that are coming in down there, a lot of growth around the Porsche headquarters. What exactly is going on down there at the airport that might be of interest to individuals that are looking to do development and other things? Well, the Aerotropolis organization is is really key in bringing all the different entities together, all the economic development arms of each city, each county together, and, you know, coming up with a cohesive vision of, you know, building community, beautification, roadway development, even the diamond exchange off of 285 that leads you into the airport. And of course, many jobs. So we have at the airport a lot of cargo activity. A lot of jobs come with that. And people have to be knowledgeable how to do that job. We have logistics that are going on, of course, with Amazon and and other e-commerce companies. We have a lot of pharmaceutical activity going on. So we have the need to develop warehousing, you know, industrial property types. We have to be aware of how to do that and how to negotiate with these companies because we want them. But they again, they will test you and they will see what's the lowest that they can pay for a long term deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we want them to come to the table and we want it to be beneficial for everybody involved, all the way from sustainability elements that would be incorporated. Again, jobs, any kind of community training they can offer. So there's there's incentives for them to come, but the the entire deal needs to be structured properly. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. You know, we um, as you know, it was actually because of you, we had your counterpart that was on here a few weeks ago, Elliot. And uh, it was it was really eye-opening about all of the industrial demand that's going yeah. on down there by the airport. You know, it's it's almost like if if you had the opportunity to go to Alpharetta and develop 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, you could have really rode that wave. And it seems like that that's what's starting to happen on the South side. You think that's a, a fair estimation that people Oh, absolutely. Are, yeah. E-commerce is is just blossoming so much. He probably told you started off with one Amazon flight. Now there's several. It's critical that you keep up with them because you want them to drive all that business activity through the airport. You know, we charge them for landing fees. We charge them for, you know, occupying a uh, gravel lot just to put their trucks on there. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Again, revenue from everywhere we can. We aren't the highest in uh, ground rent, but we will try our best to make sure that they're not, you know, taking advantage. But they, you know, so far, everybody has been cooperative and working together and um, with Aerotropolis and like I say, with all the different cities and counties, and it works out just fine. Gotcha. So let's talk about that. What what exactly is Aerotropolis? You know, we, we've heard a lot about it. At one point, it seemed like it was part of the College Park development, but College Park is now 6 West. So what exactly is Aerotropolis yeah. and how does it yeah. differ? 
So Aerotropolis is a term that came out of um, the University of North Carolina, I believe it is. And from a professor, Lasarda there, he way, way back, a long time ago, came up with the airport makes money inside the fence, inside the secured area, but most airports buy land outside of the fence. They call it noise land purchase because the homes and residential that's outside and around the airport, as the airport expands, you know, people start complaining about noise because there's so much activity going on. And because the airport here is very, very busy, it's the busiest airport in the world, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of flights. And so we have what we call noise contours. And so you can measure how much noise is impacting people that live in the area. So a way that we have gained some of the land that we own is by purchasing residential homes or businesses from the surrounding area as the airport has expanded. And with all that growth, you know, you have what they call an aerotropolis or an airport city. Mm -hmm. And in the United States, we're kind of behind the times in developing airport cities, but overseas, they've really been champions at it from Amsterdam has a really beautiful display of how an airport city, the, the, the model of an airport city, you can live near an airport, especially if you're a business traveler, you can go grocery shopping, you can have just everything like a small city. And so just like the word, you know, aerotropolis, that just means a, a airport city immediately around the airport is key for business growth is key for city of college park. They are, we are located in a big chunk of college park. And so businesses have come when you want to buy a Porsche car, you fly in, Porsche picks you up. You have all these small entities of, of amenities around you to take advantage of that. You don't have to go to Buckhead. You don't have to leave the airport area because it's all there. You have a BMW technical facility. Most people don't know that. And there are a lot of businesses where they rely upon the proximity of the airport to their business mm -hmm. for their clients when they come in. So you put things in place that will make that whole relationship with all the various stakeholders, with all the various businesses easy. So that's what we're attempting to do. So that's, that's the orders going forward is, you know, get some development going on out on this vacant land that will generate revenue and cement uh, relationships. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's interesting. So it, it's more so a, a catch term. Is there an actual master plan for Aerotropolis? Sure. Okay. Sure. I thought Absolutely. there was. Yeah. 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 You, you can definitely find that. And each airport has its own way on how they want to do it because each area, you know, like here in, in, in Atlanta, pharmaceuticals are big. 
airport parts, I mean, airplane parts are big. Uh, so anything that's produced here, you create an airport city that would support whatever those products or services. Right. And so every place, uh, Denver is, is really putting their airport city together. Dallas has a tremendous airport city there. So different places, but outside the country, Korea, Amsterdam, Vancouver has a really nice one. Saudi Arabia, everybody is figuring out that it makes sense to be close to, just like some people want to live next to the highway so they can hop on the highway, get to where they're going and get back. Mm -hmm. Same here with the airport. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting. And, and you're right. I mean, I've um, certainly Denver it was amazing because they built that airport like way out in the middle of nowhere. It was that was on purpose. Right, right. Exactly. It was yeah. to build that airport yeah. city, you know, because yeah. at first you're driving out there and you're like, where is this airport? You know, right. So it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of amazing, you know, but even you mentioned Amsterdam, too. They've done a tremendous job at that airport. Mm -hmm. And you could really go anywhere in the city just right from the airport and get right back there in a matter of minutes. So. Right. Right. And impressive. Amsterdam is beautiful because they have different train lines that yep. come straight in and yep. you, know, you can go shop in there. You can, you know, when I flew in, I landed at five in the morning. And when you get off the plane, as soon as you hit the building, you can smell fresh bread being cooked. Yep. Yep. So it's, <laughs> it's you can, you know, live there and be satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty impressive what they've done there. They've done quite a job. So. So that's interesting. So if a person wanted to, there was a question that came in, I think, on the chat about where could a person find out more information about Aerotropolis? Uh, is it on the, the city's website or College Park's? I don't think it's on College Park's website, but is it on the Atlanta Airport website or how would they find out about it? Well, Aerotropolis, they have their own organization. They're, it's called Atlanta Aerotropolis or Aerotropolis Atlanta. And they have their own website and they go into detail on the different cities and, and the county, uh, Clayton County, that they work with. And it shows what they have planned, what's going on as far as the roadways, as far as everything. So they go beyond the airport because typically an airport city is about from three to five miles perimeter around the airport. Mm -hmm. Aeropolis could be upwards of 10, 15 miles around the airport. So, you know, as long as it could be the, the last mile towards mm -hmm. industrial activity or e-commerce activity or any kind of development uh, that enhances the tax base or uh, the business base of whatever that city is, that's what the Aerotropolis encompasses. Gotcha. Gotcha. So when we talk about um, demand, because obviously the demand is growing, you mentioned e-commerce that leads toward industrial what about these other asset classes, hospitality, even retail, which you wouldn't think of near the airport? But I noticed that, especially in Atlanta, if you if you want like a good restaurant or something else, you got to either get inside the airport or you got to drive far away from the airport. So how do you think all that's going to change over the next few years? Not to offend anybody's restaurant that might be in the area on the call. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So so the the vision for. Or the area down there, of course, is beautification all the way around as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Hapeville, example, city of Hapeville. We have eight acres there that we're going 
to be sending out an RFP on for development. And that's pegged to be retail slash uh, similar to a Pont City market. However, the developer can come in with whatever idea that they have and, you know, based on if zoning is in place or whatever. Ironically, city of Hayville is about two, a little bit over two acre, I mean, uh, two miles, two square miles. It has no grocery store really? at all. No grocery. I didn't, I didn't know that. Wow. And the people that live there, you know, they go out to the next neighboring city. Mm-hmm. So bringing something like that inside of city of Hapeville walls, you know, is 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 great for them. You know, there's a lot of area in Clayton County that we're working with them on developing different types of property types. And then City of College Park as well. There's retail opportunity. There's business park opportunity. They have adjusted their zoning to accommodate different types of development. And I don't know when the last time people have been to College Park, but they're doing a lot of residential development Mm -hmm. of people that do want to be in close proximity. And some people may not know, but the bus stop on Godby Road and Old National Highway is the busiest bus stop that MARTA has. Really? The wow. busy. So little things like that, <clears throat> when you do commercial real estate, you have to know little details like that mm-hmm. uh, because the, the, the decisions are being made based on typically a business decision or on a, you know, the labor force, the knowledge of labor force proximity, can you get to work, and the ease in getting to work. So it's, it's, it's a lot of great opportunities out there. And as more and more RFPs come, go out, people and developers will respond, and the area will slowly develop and, and get better. And kind of fill in, yeah. Yeah, well, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's quite, uh, quite interesting there. So we got started a little late. I'm going to start... Um, Opening it up to a, a few questions here, and then we'll we'll ask a couple of other things that I wanted to cover with you. Where can business owners find those opportunities and the RFP to do business with the airport, the Aerotropolis website? So that was from Latoya. What what would you okay. say, to that, Lynn? How do they? So that's that's it's two different things. So Aerotropolis has their own RFP activity. Each city has their own. Each county has their own. So the city of Atlanta that owns the airport, all their RFPs go through procurement, the city of Atlanta's procurement website. And if you go to atlantaga.gov, you can go to doing business with the city and you'll see all the current bids that are going on. Um, If you all see all the construction activity, people who own construction companies, own lighting companies, janitorial services, every element of that construction project is critical. And we always put out the RFP and usually about two to three weeks after that, we do a pre-bid conference. And in that pre-bid conference, you're welcome to join either online nowadays or come in person. And we talk about the details of that particular RFP. And Atlanta is number one 
in minority uh, contracts that are given. Mm. The United States, number one. And we, depending on the deal, they determine a specific percentage of, you know, you have your prime developer or your prime construction company, and they have to have a certain percentage small business involvement, woman-owned business, or minority involvement, depending on the type of project it is. So we have that on our website where you can see everything that's coming or going on. Okay. All right. That sounds good. If there's any other questions, feel free to raise your hands or post those in the chat. We'll make sure that we we get to you. One thing I've, I've heard, and it's been talked about a long time, is that the airport was the number one revenue generator for the city of Atlanta. Is that still the case? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the number (laughs) one department that's generating aeronautical and non-aeronautical revenue. The airport, though, is its own enterprise. Mm -hmm. Um, So according by law, you know, the monies that are generated typically stay within the airport. It is a part of the city of Atlanta, but that's the way that it works. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that just shows how valuable your position is if it's uh, producing the majority of the money for the city. That's that's huge. Let me ask this also about the, the RFPs. Well, we actually covered that. I did have a, a, a kind of a side question. There was something that was batted around for a long time about a sixth runway. Is there uh, any talk of that actually coming about or is that a big secret or what's the deal with that? Um, so our planning and development department work on that. And they have not officially announced a date because the way that it works with the FAA in order to have a a runway, you have to have a certain level of flights or what they call movements, aircraft movements per day. Of course, we were up there, we were climbing with our passenger activity, our cargo activity or cargo movements are not as busy as our passenger But then when COVID hit, we dropped back down. So it's a certain metric that we have to reach in order to be, I guess, granted by the FAA for the six runway. We have the area available already Mm -hmm. for wherever we decide to place the six runway. And I guess it'll be big, big news when it happens. But don't, don't hold your breath. We got at least... A while, a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, like a like a second bypass around Atlanta. That that's been talked about forever too. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, get I get it. You know what? It was interesting though. Is um, I do any other airports actually have more than five runways? I've never seen five active runways at any airport, or maybe I just didn't notice it. Yeah, no, and and the way that our runways are positioned uh, parallel, right. It makes it much, much more efficient. Um, The airport has won the efficiency award, I think now for the last 14, 15 years. Mm -hmm. As we can do uh, takeoffs, you know, every, I think it's minute and a half right Mm -hmm. now based on the volume that we have. So it's it's very active and, and not when you have some runways that cross each other, you know, that slows down the process. So, yeah. That's our operations department that keeps it, you know, moving and, and, and you know, doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very impressive airport when you look at it and what they've been able to do. 
Uriah, you had a question here. Um, hey, everyone. Good morning. So, good morning. <clears throat> thank you very much for taking time to connect with us this morning. But I remember back in 2019 or so when the Republican-led Georgia Senate, I think they voted a, a bill or a measure in place to take over the Herfield Jackson Airport so that it is no longer ran by the city of Atlanta, but to be a state-ran um, airport. And I believe that that bill actually, or that measure did gain some traction. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, do you think that a future takeover is still in the cards somewhere down the road in the near future? Um, is that still a concern for you? It's not a concern. The state has tried to do it several, several times. Right. And each time they haven't been successful. Of course, it depends on who's sitting in that chair. Like you started off by saying the Republic. Correct. You know, and and we'll see how things go moving forward. But the thing is, a lot of people, like I had mentioned, don't understand about the airport. The airport is an enterprise. And, you know, I'm almost likened to a nonprofit entity where the money is circulated within. It's not that exactly, but that kind of gives you a sense of how it is. And so the only different, other different types of airport structures are airport authorities. And, and those have a run more like a corporate structure or with a board and things like that. So the city of Atlanta you know, does not benefit, I don't think, the way that financially that people think it is because it's an enterprise. The state will more than likely, if if it stays with the leadership that they have in place, yeah, they will probably try again and again. But we run a really, really tight ship at the airport. And, you know, if you can imagine... <clears throat> For the most part, about 200,000 people are going through that airport every day, as well as dogs and cats and birds and everything. <laughs> and then all the, the air, airplanes that are moving, it's about 2,500 per day. So it's a big, it's a humongous operation. And you need some really, really qualified people to keep that moving. And so far, we've been doing a very good job, you know, not 100% or 110% perfect, but probably 99.9. So I'm I'm proud of it. I'm absolutely proud of it. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Latoya, you had an additional question here. Uh, Did you want to state that for us? I was just curious as to team, um, Lynn, if you have a team actually of specialists who structure and review the bids, or is it just you, or how does that work for the RFP opportunities? So all the RFPs, when they're issued, they're issued through procurement and the procurement office. We have the pre-bid conference, like I mentioned, and uh, each project that comes that that is presented, we have to put together what we call evaluators. So a team of evaluators that are familiar with that particular RFP. So if it's a development RFP, then you put people in place that understand whatever infrastructure that has to be done, uh, the zoning, they might be familiar with whatever city it's going in, the laws that for that city. 
if it's a concession program, you know, you bring people in that are familiar with food and, you know, the makeup of, you know, what's inside our concessions area. And all of that is uh, evaluated from this handful of people that are selected to take a look at all the bids that come in. And the bids many times will fail because people don't pay attention to what's required to be sent in. And it's clearly laid out, all the different forms. People forget to fill out forms. They forget to provide particular information in the format that it should be. You know, a lot of times they they just don't aren't successful with it. But yes, so we have evaluators in place. Now, separately on my team, I do have a specialist, uh, real estate specialist, real estate manager. It is a very lean team, but we make it happen the best way that we can. Okay. Latoya, is that good? <clears throat> All right. Hopefully. Yeah. She says, thank you. Uh, yes. Manage federal government RPs and contracts for 15 years. So I wonder right. if it was similar. Okay. Latoya, I know that they are looking for people in procurement. You should definitely, definitely reach out. They are. Okay. All right. That's a good tip. Well, hey, Lynn, we're, we're down to uh, six minutes, and I, I always try to let our guests talk about what they want to talk about. So what's on your mind? What would you like to share with us? And what words of encouragement do you have for uh, other minorities trying to spread their wings in, in CRE? Well, I, I, I truly believe, as I mentioned earlier, unless you're comfortable staying in one space for the duration of your career, there's so much opportunity. Because uh, when I first started in commercial real estate, I didn't have any idea that, oh, you can do development out at an airport. But that is a specific area of commercial real estate, hospitals, a specific area, hotels, you know. So and whichever one you choose, just become well versed in that particular area. And and it will definitely push you further is so many facets to it. As a matter of fact, I know nothing about residential except the house that I live in. <laughs> and, and actually, I have been guided by Quinn Green, who is on here mm-hmm. residential. But I don't I don't know. I don't know the latest information and all that. So you should just be. I don't know, a, a, a beast in your knowledge of whatever area you're going into, because then they can't they can't tell you anything. They can't pull the wool over your eyes. They they are pretty, you'll be just as strong and formidable across the table. Gotcha. Gotcha. Appreciate you sharing that and uh, letting everyone <clears throat> know that that valuable information. You know, knowledge is is power if you look at it that way. So that's a very good point. Um, any recommendations for uh for developers uh, looking to do more in the Atlanta area? Would should the focus still be on industrial or some other asset classes at this point in time? Where you feel that uh, Atlanta is bursting at the seams, you know, unless you're already aware of that area of the development area, I would just kind of shadow or partner with other developers, even if you start with light construction, I mean, a uh, light commercial mm-hmm. and grow from there because it's, it's going to continue to grow and it's growing in every city and Atlanta, especially. So 
even even if you do uh, want to stay in the residential area, just just you know dip your feet in multifamily. It's it's really fascinating. Um, and then when you start incorporating, you know, incentives that you know various cities are giving for you know senior housing or college housing, is so it just continues to branch off into different things. So, yeah. Yeah, just take advantage of it. You know, yeah. one thing great about the the airport is we kind of wrap up, you know, people are always driven to an amenity. You know, that's why water is always where people want to live around. They want to see some water or some other type of amenity. And an airport has never been really viewed that way, but it is, you know, to be able to look out oh. the window and see planes coming in and out and all the activity. We get so many people that come for observation. Yeah. Uh, and watching the airplanes and, you know, parents bringing their children and and trying to identify the different types of airplane. There's the largest airplane comes in from Korea, but it looks like it's floating on air. I mean, it's and it's much quieter, Mm -hmm. ironically, even though it's bigger. It's it's just amazing to watch how you lift that big thing up in the air. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. And yeah, I'm a victim of that as well. You know, I've, I've made many trips to the airport to just stand there mm. and watch yeah. the planes because of my boys begging me, let's go to the airport. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it it happens. That. that is very, very true. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so this, this is this is great. It's, it's been very informative. And um, Lynn, uh, you know, we always say we don't catch up as often as we should. So, you know, COVID mm-hmm. has kind of slowed us down a little bit since our, our last uh, Jamaican meal that we had together. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, but we gotta we gotta keep keep in touch with each other and um keep it going. But I Absolutely. appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this information. I mean, this was was great and uh you know helping everyone else out to appreciate the uh the value of looking to invest around the airport as opposed to just kind of chasing the trends that everybody else is chasing. So mm-hmm. I certainly appreciate mm-hmm. you spending your time doing that. And uh, yeah. any final words before we sign off today? Uh thank you everyone. I'm happy to talk about stuff going on at the airport because it's exciting. It's different. And I hope to see one of you all walking through the airport and, you know, give me a wave and, and, um, you know, we'll talk again a year from now and everybody will have be involved with something else. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Lynn. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you all the uh, guests for being here as always. We certainly appreciate the support. And uh, as was mentioned, this is Mornings with Joel, the CRE podcast. And we certainly uh, love your attention and your uh, your attendance at today's podcast. And Lynn, we thank you so much. We look forward to having you back again as a special guest. Thank you so much. All righty. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Wonderful day. All right. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Mornings with Joel, commercial real estate podcast where we focus on rising stars and established players in commercial real estate and talk to them about how they are building legacies in today's marketplace. Please check back weekly to hear our upcoming guests.